Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffrey Wells with the Brother Cousins Podcast. I'd like to thank you for joining us this week, and I'm prayerful that we're going to get a lot out of this episode. But before we get started, I want to give a shout out to a brother in Christ, Jordan Dancer, and his work with the podcast that he hosts called 15 Minutes and a Big Idea. If you want some deep theology and a practical application in 15 minutes, listen to that podcast. Also, if the Brother Cousins podcast has blessed your life, or even if you kind of like it, like us on Facebook, share it with your families, or at the very least, tell them about it as a practical joke, and we'd really appreciate it. This month, we're going to be exploring the different types of love in the Greek language, which may be discussed or alluded to in the Bible. Last month, we discussed love, a new command older than time. And if you missed those discussions, go back, take a listen, catch up on some of these, and then come back and join us at this episode. During that series last month, in particular, Jared introduced to us the godly love of agape. And this month, we decided to build off of that foundation and explore the other types of love, which are philia, storge, and eros. Last week, Jared talked about philia. This week, we're going to explore storge. And next week, Christopher is going to talk about eros. As Jared mentioned, philia is pretty prevalent in the Bible. In its direct usage, in its description, its themes, it's there, it's prevalent, very much like agape. In contrast, the Greek words storge and eros are not directly used in the Bible. However, the descriptions are there, the themes are there, but the specific Greek words aren't. Today, I'd like to introduce you to what storge means, explore the biblical themes around storge, and compare it to some of the other loves. So let's talk about what storge is. The Enhanced Strong's Lexicon defines storge as cherishing one's kindred or family, especially parents or children. It's a mutual love of those family members. It's a loving affection. It means that you're prone to loving those people. Others, like C.S. Lewis, have simply summarized storge as natural affection. This fits with some of the biblical uses, or at least the variation of storge in the scriptures, and we're going to talk about those variations in a few minutes. But C.S. Lewis, in his discourse about the four loves, says that this natural affection covers an array of things. It can be the natural affection that we have towards our favorite pets, It can even be the affection that we have for certain things like our favorite t-shirts, smells like fresh cut alfalfa or leather, or even a pickup like a 1984 C10 that we all called and loved the Black Stallion. Man, I still love that pickup. Every time I see it, every time I get in it, it's just a wonderful pickup, and I think Jared and Christopher would agree. Anyways... Storge can sit alongside different types of love, like Eros, when we love a particular place because it reminds us of an experience that we had with the person who we love, like our spouse. For example, I love Stillwater because that is where Hannah and I first started our lives together, and there are so many great memories and experiences connected to Stillwater. Storge can sit alongside Philia, We love certain people because we are naturally drawn to them through experiences that we've had with them, such as your family or even your college friends. I think the best example, though, of storge is the care of a mother to her baby. 
That relationship is a picture of natural love, natural affection that really manifests itself well. Storge, though, is all around us, and it's so infused into the human experience that it's good that we really have a good grasp about what it is and how it takes place in our life. So let's talk about storge in the Bible. There's only three occurrences of a variation of storge. Like I mentioned, it's not specifically in the Bible as storge, but there's variations of it. And two of the three are a storge, which is the opposite of storge. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2 through 3 says that men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers, fierce, despisers of those that are good. That term without natural affection in the King James Version is the Greek word astorgos, a being that negative participle which means that it's the opposite of the base word. So it is without that natural affection. The English Standard Version translates it as heartless. The New King James Version translates it as unloving. Romans chapter 1 verse 31 is very similar. It uses the same word, astorgos. It translates it to without natural affection. And it's pretty similar in context, describing a pretty depraved person. Romans chapter 12 and verse 10 is the other passage that a variation of storge is used. And that says to be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love, in honor, preferring one another. And that term, be kindly affectioned, is philostorgos. And this is an interesting usage which Jared actually talked about a little bit last week. And I'm going to table this particular verse for now and we're going to come back to it in just a few minutes. So let's expand our view a little bit and look at how Storge presents itself as a general theme in the Bible. Isaiah chapter 49, verse 15, in the New King James Version, it says, Can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, yet I will not forget you. Although Storge is not specifically used in this verse, partially because this verse would have been written in Hebrew and not Greek, and partially because love is not specifically mentioned here. But I do believe that storge is in this passage, and it's in that relationship between a mother and a nursing child. As I said previously, that is one of the most pure examples of storge, a mother's love for her child. And this is something that occurs very naturally. In fact, if a woman has a mental illness associated with her partum experience, we may refer to that as postpartum depression, and she doesn't love her baby, then we often call that abnormal or even unnatural. One of the things that I like about this particular passage is that it puts the theme of storge alongside and against the theme of agape. Storge is seen in the care that a mother has for a child, and it says that she won't forget her child. This principle became very personal to me whenever my mom was in the hospital. For those of you who don't know, Jared and I, our mother, uh, died of leukemia back in June. And she spent a lot of time in the hospital um, leading up to that, that death. And we talked a lot. We talked on the phone nearly every day. Even though she was hurting, 
even though she was very sick, whenever we talked, she wanted to hear about me because she cared about me. She wanted to know how things were going in life, how Hannah was doing, how the girls were doing. And it became very obvious that it didn't matter what was going on in her life. My mother cared for me. She truly cared for me and she wasn't going to forget me. But agape is also seen in contrast to this, to say that just as unlikely a mother is to forget about her child, God is even less likely to forget about his children. And the writer's point is, he's essentially saying that God will never forget about the people who he agapes. So now let's come back to Romans chapter 12 and verse 10. Remember, it says to be kindly affectioned one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. And I mentioned previously that I would come back to this use of philostorgos, that compound of brotherly love and natural affection. And it's natural to love your siblings. Storge can occur when you are connected through life experiences. Siblings often share many life experiences and form a loving relationship. You see this in the Bible with love between family members like Martha and Mary's love for Lazarus in John chapter 11. But here's the weird thing about familial relationships. You don't have to be connected by physical blood to share this storge love. It can also happen through adoption. When a child is adopted into a family, you still share those experiences and develop storge. And you may or may not actually develop philia and may or may not develop agape. Or you can develop all three. And I would say this is the type of relationship that Christopher and I both have with Jared. Even though he's not blood, for those of you who don't know, spoiler alert, Jared's adopted. But Christopher and I have the type of relationship that he is my brother. And he's still Christopher's cousin and his brother-in-law. Remember, their relationship is layered, to say the least, and it's just a little bit complicated. That's why we have banjos play at the beginning and end of every Brother Cousins podcast. But I bring this up to talk about this idea of adoption, and especially spiritual adoption. Now, if you look at Romans chapter 8 or Galatians chapter 4, you see this discussion laid out about adoption. And it's this spirit of adoption that I believe Philostorgos really comes to fruition and is manifested. It's what places Jared's topic and my topic alongside one another. The spirit of adoption means that we truly become family. You know, people often say that blood is thicker than water. And they say this to mean that physical blood that binds them together as a family and forges that connection is stronger than any other connection that they may have with anybody else. But the sense that we're given in the scriptures is that by the spirit of adoption, the blood of Jesus binds us together. And that blood is and should be stronger than any other blood or connection that may join people together. And this is something that many Christians struggle with. We are naturally drawn to our physical family, and we want to give preference to them. And we're willing to give them the benefit of the doubt much more quickly than someone who's not family, someone who we just have a connection with experience with. 
But my question is, do you really subscribe to the idea that Jesus has linked us together by his blood? That God has adopted us into a family and made us a family with our fellow Christians? And we call each other brother or sister, but do we really mean that? Do we mean it as though we have shared some similar life circumstances and we're naturally connected to one another? Or do we mean that we're truly family? Because if we're really family, our love should go beyond storge. As we learned this last month, it should include philia and it should include agape. That's part of that new command. And that means that we give them the benefit of the doubt. It means that we're willing to forgive them quickly when they've offended us. It means that we do all the things that 1 Corinthians chapter 13 says to do and that love does. Because we're family. And because we agape each other. And as we start to wrap up the topic of storge, I would like to challenge you to look for storge in your life. What are some things that you love? Take pleasure in that love, like I take pleasure in that 1984 C10. But then I want you to think about how your love for that thing, that place, or even that person is different from Philia or Agape. Think about the relationships that you have with your brothers and sisters in Christ. Do you love them with Storge, Philo Storge, or Agape? Hopefully, you love them with all three. And if not, then maybe you need to change your love. And that's your challenge for this week. Thank you again for listening, and I'm prayerful that you have been blessed and that God has been glorified. Tune in next week as Christopher spices things up with his discussion of Eros. Until then, God bless, and let love abound in your life.